Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Get £20 in free bets when you join today and bet £10 on any sport. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. New customers only. Minimum first bet of £10 at odds of evens or greater from a UK debit card. For £5 free bets valid for seven days. Full terms at mansionbet.com. 18 plus. Be gamble aware. Hello and welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. Even though the season's over, there's plenty to discuss this week. We've had the list of released players, there's a new CEO in place, transfer targets and what's happened to Thomas Callis, what's happening in those environment talks. We're going to look at the playoffs as well, which we so wish Bristol City were in, but they couldn't be further from it really right now. And uh, a mention for the under-23s as well and their heartbreak on Friday afternoon. Gregor, welcome along. You were at that under-23s game. Let's just quickly start with that because... They were so, so close to the final, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, just seconds away, unfortunately. And they've had a great season overall. They've been terrific at um, under-23s level. And they actually don't play too many under-23s players, as in a lot of the players they've been using at that level have been 18, 19, a few 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the future is really bright for the club on on that front. They've, As I say, they've, they've been terrific down at Western Supermare, where we've been watching them. They've they haven't lost too many games at that level this season. They won their section. And yeah, obviously they played Birmingham. I saw them play Birmingham recently down at Western and they won that game, but it was very close. And then once again, it was very close to Ashton Gate. And I just feel that the decisions didn't go their way. They had a terrific penalty shower in the first half when, when Oro Edwards went through on goal. I think it was... He was tackled by Burke or, or Williams at the back there. And I think it should have been a penalty. And if they got the second goal, I always felt they were going to win that game. But because they couldn't. And then Birmingham did get a penalty. And that was a little bit soft as well. Um, it, it just meant the game was still basically in the balance. And then fair play to the Blues. They, they nicked it at the end. Yeah, but credit to Gary and all the work he's doing that is one hell of an academy I think it's one of the best things about Bristol City right now so commiserations to the under-23s but we're very very excited for some of the players uh, in among them and, and Louis Britton's is such a fantastic season there as well so lots to come from there we think um, the released players list Gregor last week did any of these take you by surprise I'm pretty sure most people would have would have seen all these names now but I'll quickly run through them just in case you haven't. Uh, these were the players released. Hakiba Delican, who we just didn't really see anything of. Nathan Baker from Arajiju. Renny Gilmartin, although he's staying on as a coach. Jack Hunt, Henry Lansbury, Adrian Mariapa, Jamie Patterson, Tommy Rowe, Liam Walsh, Marley Watkins. Okay, we can't spend a huge amount of time going through each one, but let's start at the top mm. of that list. We can just have a couple of points about each one, Gregor. Hakiba Delican, we never really saw anything from him. You and I were excited by this signing a couple of seasons ago, but it's not worked out. Yeah, he, he arrived and he was a, he was doing very well in League One, wasn't he? And there was a, it took a long time for them to work out uh, basically the compensation that was going to go Scunthorpe's way because he was effectively moving out of contract. And yeah, he seemed a bit of a capture when he came in. He was um, a flair player, but... Uh, Lee Johnson did, didn't seem to get on with too many Flair players and he couldn't get the best out of him. He's obviously gone on loans. He, uh, he did pretty well at Hull City and then he came back and I actually thought he, he played some good stuff when he came back in this year and um, playing for Dean Holden. Uh, I think he was playing it maybe in the Huddersfield game at home or, or 
a couple before that. And he did okay. He looked okay. Brentford away, maybe. And, yeah, I, I don't think it's a real surprise, though. It, it just hasn't taken off for him in, in Ashton Gate. I thought they might trigger the one-year contract extension because then they could then sell him and, and, and maybe recover a fee. But maybe that shows... Uh, what the transfer market is going to be this year, i.e. the EFL clubs just do not have money to spend. No, no. Therefore, no. it was just yeah, waste, yeah, better for them to release him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a fine line at the moment, isn't it? Uh, a couple of lines on Nathan Baker. Oh, it's so frustrating because he's probably in the top five defenders, centre-backs in the league, if he's fit, but it's the fitness. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I'd... I think you're absolutely spot on. We all know about the, the fitness issues and too many times he's come off early on in games. And yeah, I, I always do attribute that to him actually being braver than he should be. He just goes into maybe too many tackles. And he yeah. would say this. And in fact, he has said this to us himself when we've interviewed him, that, that he just goes for maybe those 30-70s rather than 70-30s and, and, and comes off a little bit worse. Yeah, so sh- sorry to see him go. Uh, Famara Giju, he was having pictures on the pitch, we think, with his little one. That was written, you know, for ages. We, we knew Gigi was going to go. Rennie Gilmartin's going to stay on as a coach. He was really more of a backup, wasn't he? Um, Jack Hunt, Gregor, he get, he's had a lot of stick from fans, hasn't he? Yeah, just just on Gilmartin. I'm not sure, sure. if he is going to stay as a coach, but... He might. I expect him, yeah, to be a coach somewhere. Whether that's okay, going to be sure. I, City. I thought that he was staying on, but that's not the case. You don't think? No, I've not seen it confirmed just yet. You might well be right, but um, but we'll yeah, we'll see on that one. Um, he has been assisting. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he has been assisting Alex Ball of the under twenty three. So and he was down there on Friday. So he could well be right on that. Let's keep an eye out Let's for that one. Up, yeah, and and Jack Hunt. Yeah. Well, Always lovely to speak to, but not had his best season. No, I I just got the impression he wasn't Nigel Pearson's cup of tea at right back, and that was probably in evidence when Danny Simpson came in. Yeah, because uh, obviously, why bring in Simpson if you're happy with Hunt? So that hinted at what was going to be the case there. He wasn't in the last squad of the season, Jack Hunt, and um, yeah, wish him well. He's a, he's a good guy, but obviously, uh, I think he's approaching thirty. Another one of these guys who's getting towards the senior end of his career and um, maybe better as a right wing-back than a, a right-back as well. Yeah, um, Henry Ransby and Adrian Mariapa, I don't think it's any great surprise uh, that they haven't been extended. They're, they're not staying, although I thought Mariapa was a little better in the last few games this season. Jamie Patterson, you and I, I saw this and I thought of you, Gregor, because you and I are, are great Pato fans. I feel like he's been... I, I know at times he hasn't played to his full potential, but at times... There's a great photo in that Manchester City game where he leaves Kevin De Bruyne for dust. And, you know, that was one of his final performances in in a Bristol City shirt in that brilliant team of that season. Sorry to see him go. Where do you think he's going to go? Purely, This is purely, purely speculation from me. Could he go back to Coventry? I I could see it, absolutely. He's a Coventry boy, isn't he? And, uh, yeah, it would make every sense. Uh, Probably do expect him to get another championship club. I remember. I think right, I, played with commentary, by the way. When I say go back to commentary, that's where he's from. So just to yeah. be crystal clear on that before anyone says anything. Um, sorry, yeah, another yeah. championship club. Yeah, I'd expect that too. He, there was some speculation with him about a month or two ago about some other teams being interested in, in him. I think Nottingham Forest were credited with an interest. I do, well, I do there, think he. Four. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right from there. Yeah, I do think he, he's the sort of player that maybe could make a contribution at a pretty good championship club. But mm-hmm. I mean, how how likely do you think it is that he goes over the bridge to Swansea or Cardiff? Oh. That would be. Well, I'll tell you who I think might go over the bridge to Swansea or Cardiff. Liam Walsh. I think he would fit in at Swansea because he's a great yeah. passer. Yeah, ball. yeah. And at the well, moment, that's how they play. I mean, obviously, a lot depends on what happens in the playoffs. But I just think it's going to be an absolute travesty if we have another Corey Smith situation on our hands. Corey Smith has been a key player for Swansea this year. Yeah, sure. There, there is interest from Swansea and Liam Walsh. Steve Cooper is a fan of his and he, and he did inquire on him last summer. So, so that is definitely one to keep an eye on. And yeah, yeah absolutely. Club that you'd want to go to right now. I mean, even if they don't make it this yeah. year, they're going to be there or thereabouts. You would, you would think if they keep Steve Cooper and keep the majority of the playing staff. So, yeah. gosh, that would be a set shame. And I, us, sorry, go on, Gregor. I just, I, I hate to say it, but I, unfortunately, I think that does look a good fit. As you say, mm. it would appeal, to, I'm sure it would appeal to, to Liam Walsh because he could maybe argue that he's making a step up there, unfortunate as it is to say that at the moment. Um, but at the same time, they play in the right way. I could imagine him being a fan of Steve Cooper and vice versa. So, yeah, you're, you're right. Let's keep an eye on that one. And Tommy Rowe, he's been a good servant to the club. And Marley Watkins, it just never quite worked out, did it? No, absolutely. I, I think Marley Watkins was always going to be going, wasn't he? Just We just haven't seen enough of him and he hasn't been on the pitch enough. He's had a few niggling injuries, obviously came back from Aberdeen. He did well up there. Um, came back with, I think it was a hamstring injury. Uh, he suffered with a groin problem of late. And yeah, another guy probably makes every sense for him to move on. Did Bristol City get their money's worth from him? Well, he was only a, around a million pound fee, but he didn't play very much. I don't think it was a, a very good investment. I think it was a Lee Johnson signing, is, is my understanding. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think Lee particularly wanted to bring him in after seeing what he did at Barnsley. But then if you ask the Norwich fans, they're... They were very, very happy to, to see him leave Carroll Road. So, yeah, jury out on, on that one, whether it was a success or not, but probably the right thing that he's moving on. Oh, um, that brings us on to the new CEO. Busy busy few days for you last week, Gregor, even though the, the season was over, I think I was messaging you and said, yeah, it's going to be a crazy day today. And you weren't wrong. Richard Gold was appointed the CEO of Bristol City. We'd mentioned his name before and you've done some great work um, on the Bristol Life website, all about him. Um, he was the Surrey County Cricket Chief Exec for the past decade. He is Bobby Gold's son. And I think I mentioned this as well when, when we talked about him, that I literally bumped into Bobby Gold on the high street where we live. And he said, yeah, I'm just desperate to see family. You've got, got one in New Zealand and one in Surrey. And I thought, oh, who's that in Surrey? <laughs> and I thought, oh, yeah. Well, we have to see a lot more of him now, as I would imagine... Him and the family will be moving back this way. What do you make of this appointment, Gregor? Because by all accounts, and I've read quite a bit of opinion and I've, I've sort of looked over his past, seems quite a lot of confidence from the Bristol City fans as well that this could be a very good appointment. Yes, I agree with that. I think this could be a very shrewd appointment and everything we we hear is is pointing in the right direction Obviously, he used to work at Bristol City, so he knows what the club is about. He knows the history. He's from over this way. As you say, yeah, obviously, steeped in family history, the, the South West with Bobby obviously doing very well. 
just up the road. You need to get back in touch with Bobby and Michelle, find out the inside story there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It I, 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 <laughs> oh, there you go. And yeah, I, I think this is going to be a good appointment. As I say, he's done very well at Surrey and at Taunton with Somerset Cricket Club. And I speak to people, um, sort of other journalists and and some of the older guys who, who've been covering the club for a lot longer than I have are all mm. really impressed by this appointment because they remember what he was like when he was at the club before and they recognise the job he's done elsewhere. So even though it's a different sport, I don't think that matters in this case because he's going to be coming in and it is going to be a more of an administration role, which mm. he'll help out with. And it does look like the club is going to then recruit a director of football or head of recruitment alongside him. So they're going to divide the roles up a bit more rather than have it all um, all the power concentrated um, uh, centrally, as was the case with Mark Ashton. So, and that's probably a better way to divide it up because I yeah. don't think Nigel Pearson can cover everything. No, no, um, but we know he'll have a big say. Remember, he's manager, not head coach. A great graphic on the Bristol Live website. Uh, I think it was your sports editor, James Pearcy, wrote this back while I was looking at it. Uh, the depth chart. Um, where and what Bristol City have at the moment. Um, and I think maybe Fev's tweeted something similar as well on Twitter. And it shows what Bristol City have right now and the areas they need to invest in, I suppose. Uh, desperately need a right back, that's for sure, because in this depth chart, yeah. only have a sack finder there. Um, could do with some central midfielders and up front it. Well, it's, it's a little bit light in terms of experience, although you've got four youngsters there that are very exciting. Um, you'd say pretty much all areas, bar maybe in goal, Gregor, need, need some attention. What are you expecting Bristol City to do first? Or does it not matter? Is it just about getting it all done over the summer and not leaving it to the last minute? Yes, absolutely. You, you're right. Don't leave it to the last minute. However, I anticipate it all being left to the last minute. And that is not Why? necessarily not necessarily a reflection on Bristol City. I think this is... Market. What, well, basically, yeah, the market. And, and basically, it's because of the pandemic. There's not... EFL clubs don't have as much money to spend. There's going to be a reduction in budgets. Everybody, and especially with what's going on with, at Derby County, by the way, Everybody is going to be watching their pennies very, very closely and um, making sure their spending is right. They don't go over any financial fair play limits. Uh, that is still obviously um, a central theme of the transfer market, despite uh, everything that's happened over the last year or so. So we're anticipating a lot of players, free contract um, agents. And I think this particularly affects players like Famara Jeju. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with them because Say, for example, Famara signs in the next week or so with, say, someone like Middlesbrough, which we don't we don't think is going to happen, by the way, um, certainly not at the moment. And then it would show, obviously, that, that he probably had a move sort of in the works and, and that he's obviously decided to go elsewhere and an agreement has been found. However, we don't think that's going to be the case. We think he's going to be sitting around evaluating his offers and it's going to be the same situation with many players. And they're maybe not going to get the wages that they want this summer, which no. means that they might have to wait and see what the best offer they can get is. And, and I think we're not going to see any movements straight away on some players. Um, some guys will have deals lined up, obviously. But other guys might sit it out. And we might, it might mean that, you, that if you're patient, you can get um, a, a player on, on the terms that you want to get them. Yeah. And there are always... Always remember Lee Johnson saying that Bristol City sometimes had to wait at their place at the table, and that might be the case this summer. So, 
I think we'll probably see what we see um, over the last couple of years, whereby they bring in maybe a couple of players early on, a couple in the middle of the summer and a couple at the end of the summer. I think we'll see five or six guys arriving. As you say, priorities, what, what would you what, what would you go for first, Michelle? Oh, I'd say I'm a striker. So for me, <laughs> I'd always go for the goals. Um, and, but the Attack right first. Position needs addressing too. I, I mean, when you look at that graphic, it's it, it's quite right unlike, isn't it? Sorry, go on. The, yeah, I was going to say, obviously, they they haven't got many right backs, but obviously yeah. we we have to see what happens with Danny Simpson. I think they'll find an agreement there. I think that one will go through. Andy Vyman is is a little bit of a, a possibly a different case because they did have that one. Yeah, they had that one year contract clause there. And that meant they could trigger that. So if they wanted to just keep him, they would do that. Right. Uh, obviously, they haven't done that, which means they were trying to extend it. Our understanding is they've been looking at trying to uh, maybe tie him down to a two-year deal, um, possibly longer. And, yeah, the negotiations are obviously carrying on with that. And, it, and according to our sources, it's not a given that he will definitely be staying at the club. We think no. it's more likely that he will be remaining at Ashton Gate. But, of course, this is a... A contact negotiation, it could go either way. So, yeah, we'll, again, we'll, we'll see what comes out about that one. I would predict that he's going he's gonna to stay and I think they probably will Need him. be able How to get miss him. this season? Oh. Definitely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I just think things would have been a lot different if he hadn't picked up that ACL injury. He just yeah. presses so much from the front, doesn't he? And he's a real leader in the dressing room. Um, one of the sort of vice captains in there. I, I could imagine um, Nigel Pearson liking him a lot. He's obviously worked with him at Derby before. Um, and yeah, in terms of other forwards, I think they'll probably just bring in one forward. Um, yeah, because they've, they've got, got so many good young players. Experienced, and they've got lots of young young players as well. So unless they were going to offload some of them, I'd, I'd agree with you. And um, just wondered about Thomas Callas because I'm looking at the centre backs and what they've got right now. But I mean, I don't think it's a given Thomas Callas is staying because there's been a disagreement, hasn't there? Yeah, well. Yeah, it's quite remarkable, but I guess these things happen all the time on the training pitch. But as we understand it, and it's been well rumoured out there that basically Thomas Callas was in a training game. I think he caught one of the um, other players late in a tackle, might well have been Narky Wells. And yeah, we, as we understand it, he had a disagreement with uh, Nigel Pearson. Uh, we did some digging on this to check it out with our um, sources and, and this is what's come back to us. And basically, that led to then Thomas Callas being left out of the final game of the season against Brentford, which we all know about. Now Thomas Callas has gone away to the Euros, um, well, to join up with Czech Republic and, and partake in their pre-tournament um, um, uh, training and everything, training camp, etc. Um, but our understanding is that basically the, the relationship has been smoothed over and we're told that neither side holds a grudge about it and they're both going to just get on with things. So... Yeah, that will be an interesting watch over the summer. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he will stay at the club this summer. But on the other hand, it might well be that Pearson isn't convinced by him and wants to bring in his, his own centre-backs. I, I definitely think they do need um, a centre-back or two because when you when you factor in, yeah, we've lost Baker, we've lost Mawson uh, this season. I'm not too sure that Taylor Moore is quite ready for, for the first-team football just yet. But, but then again, maybe he is if they go back to three at the back. It depends mm. what system they're going to play. But I think they definitely need a, a dominant um, physical presence at the back there. I think that will be one of the priorities of the window for them. Zach Viner is another possibility there, but he's another guy who could play uh, uh, on the right side of defence. 
um, particularly if Jade Silva is down the left-hand side, because yeah. obviously Jay's not not the biggest physically, and, and Zach Viner would kind of balance that out. Yeah, and uh, I'm really great, Zach Viner. I think his passing sort of range and, and and the way he plays is fantastic. I actually think he, he could be a cracking midfielder, but we'll have more on this next week. There's going to be some developments over the next week, hopefully, and we'll know more then. Just before we go, Gregor, um, we'll come back next week when, when we'll know who is in the championship playoff final. But the semis start, we're recording on Monday, the semis start tonight. Uh, Brentford, Bournemouth, Barnsley and Swansea. They are the teams that have made it. We really thought that Bristol City might be in with a shout this year, right at the start of the season. Gregor was more pessimistic than me. Turns out he was right. Um, so tonight it's Bournemouth v Brentford and Barnsley v Swansea. Um, by the time we come back next week, these games, the second legs will be complete. What do you think, Gregor? Who is going to be in the final? I think the, I think it'll be the winner of Brentford and Bournemouth that takes it overall. That's my that's my gut right. feeling. But I'm, I'm sure that's pretty much what everybody is thinking. And that's based mainly on those two teams having way better attacks, really, than, than the other sides. I mean, Brentford's 79 goals this season. That That's phenomenal. And yeah, to only concede 42. So Barnsley, obviously, the surprise outfit. I would love to um, see Barnsley go up there just to mix it up. I always love seeing the underdog win so which is why um it was so great to see Leicester City do so well at the weekend by the way yeah yeah um, congratulations that was a that was a great moment wasn't it yeah yeah but I, I, I reckon are in that moment just saying <laughs> sorry go on I, I reckon you'll have seen more of these four teams than me Michelle so what what do you uh, think well, is gonna happen? I mean I I said the other day I'd never I'd never be so silly to say who would go up from the playoffs because they're so you know they're just these one-off unpredictable games but I just, I think everyone always writes off Barnsley and the way they disrupt, the way they play, they sort of play a 4-3-3 and they hunt the ball down and then they go really direct and it's not pretty at times, but it's so effective, especially the championship. So I just think they'd maybe be able to, even though Swansea have have beaten them this season, they might be able to upset Swansea a little bit. Um, But what was funny when I watched Swansea play Barnsley is the pitch was atrocious and Swansea sort of played Barnsley at their own game. So whether Steve Cooper will sort of change his tactics to to do that, that'll be interesting. Out of Bournemouth and Brentford, it's just, Brentford, my, my worry with Brentford is they are just, such such huge failures in the playoffs they just cannot get out of them and they're such a great side I mean any other you know any other team over this season with that many points you'd expect to go up and Thomas um, Frank was saying it in the last game of the season at Bristol City in a normal season they'd probably be going up with that points tally so I I fancy Brentford over Bournemouth so what about I'm going to say maybe Brentford Barnsley in the final, but I don't know. <laughs> that was decisive, wasn't it? But, uh, Bournemouth ending the season with three straight defeats. I just wonder if that it's the mental that... gone, isn't it? They they always you, are, you hear it cliched. There's always a side that go into the playoffs with that run of form, and Brentford are in fantastic form. And Bournemouth, yeah. since they secured that playoff spot, really not in in fantastic form. So, yeah. Bournemouth, Swansea in the final, it is there. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be exactly what we said isn't going to happen. So, uh, but yeah, they're really looking forward to it. I think the playoffs are such great entertainment. It's just so heartbreaking for the teams that don't make it. Oh, and by the way, all being well, I'll be seeing Lee Johnson twice this week because I'm covering that game as well. I'm covering Sunderland. So, yeah. 
We'll be keeping a close eye of- on that. Yeah, they're in the semis, so they're playing Lincoln on Wednesday and then they're at their own place, Stadium of Light, on Saturday. So he could go down in Sunderland folklore this weekend if he if he gets them to the final and then subsequently up. So I'm sure we'll have a chat about Lee Johnson next week, won't we? Depending on what happens. Um, He'd love to. Do you fancy him? Do you fancy Sunderland? Oh, I, I, <laughs> it's just so tough to call, isn't it? I don't. I'm going to be. I'm going to say I don't because just again because of their recent run of form. I know they've yeah. been a little bit patchy of late. They had a bad run, didn't they, before that? And they were calling it, um, calling him Streaky Johnson again. Yeah. But we'll see. They've done well in the cup competitions. Um, I think. Well, they won that trophy. That again, that sort of format. So. Yeah, that that's what makes me think maybe. But two again, two young um, British coaches in, in Lee Johnson and Michael Appleton. I think there's some brilliant coaches out there at the moment, so that's exciting. Um, Greg, well, thanks so much. We'll be back next week. We'll just be catching up with how things are trundling along. We're going to be here till the last week of May slash first week of June when the playoffs conclude and the EFL season concludes. So we'll catch you for the next two episodes then. And if you hit subscribe wherever you're listening, you won't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Robins at the Gate. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. 18 plus, be gamble aware. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced by Little Monster Media.